0: kick it off with you this time how was how was your week man what Uneventful, did you do?
1: uneventful completely uneventful i wake up each day asking why god why um, <laughs> i don't know man Just lacking stimuli really uh not doing much uh right now just doing a little construction my dad has a little small construction company around the area that i live in so just hopping in, in and out of little projects i'm no carpenter though i suck but i'm pretty good at supervising
0: um yep. absolutely than, man what is that there? there's something there's something so um so beautiful about construction like it's like very meditative at least whenever like i, I do it with my dad he, my dad's also in the remodeling biz oh, okay and uh you know he should ro- knock down drywall or like you know he, he'd make me do like repetitive tasks. but there's like it feels so nice sometimes just to do the same thing over and yeah, over you
1: okay know? but who what kind of people <laughs> are you working with my kind of people like you're walking around and, like, you're just hitting empty beer cans. <laughs> and a lot of music. I mean, I, I, I like the energy, but, like, it's also, I mean, it could be a lot more professional, <laughs> uh, you know. But it is what it is. You know, it's like 11 a.m. and people are already cracking tall boys and you're like, all right, all right. Well, as long as it gets done, right? <laughs> um, so that's, that's the kind of construction sites I find myself in sometimes.
0: Yeah, good vibes, though. Good vibes. You got to keep the spirit up, you know?
1: It is, but I don't think I'm I'm wanting to make it like a long-term, like, career thing or whatever. Uh, but
0: oh, it's definitely. fun, though. Yeah.
1: I really do know my way around Home Depot now, and I know what to get. <laughs> like, I really do sound like I know what I'm doing, and uh, but I don't know what I'm doing. But I have to, like, emit that confidence because, you know, you got all these guys who are, like, in their, you know, 40s, like, have been doing this all their lives. And they look at me, and they're like, dude, this guy doesn't even know how to, like, you know, whatever. And so I just got to have to, like, you know, bake it till you make it kind of thing, you know? Mm.
0: Oh, big facts. So, And that relates to the first thing that I wanted us to chat about, which is uh, Wim Hof. Oh, yeah. Wim Hof, the ice man. And um, so he's, for anybody who doesn't know, he's he's this Dutch um, breather, athlete. I don't know what you would call him, but he has a bunch of records in the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, and he has this ability to, to breathe re- really well and like withstand these like cold temperatures and, and everything. I saw, I, the first time I came across him was on a vice documentary. I didn't really pay attention to it, but then all of a sudden the guy started talking about like his life and like, like his life was kind of more crazy than even like what he does, I guess. Like his, so his wife had committed suicide, uh, his first wife, um, with four kids. And like, for some reason, like, I think he said, like he'd mentioned that that was what, what, what pushed him over the edge to get into like these breathing techniques. And now all these people, all these people in the world, you know, they, um, they abide by it. Like they, 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 they follow him on the, on the internet. Like I think four people died, like trying to do the same thing that he does. It's, it's hmm. pretty wild.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I was, he's from, where is he from?
0: Um, Amsterdam.
1: Amsterdam. Yeah. He's Dutch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, so what's the backstory is that his, his wife dies and so he got into, like, meditative practices and k- k- went down into, like, a breathing exercise kind of thing. Like, was he? what was he prior? Like, was he already, like, some type of athlete? Because they have him, like, titled as, like, an endurance athlete. But did all that come later? Or was that, like, something he was already doing and then he got more rigid with his, like, you know, physical wellness?
0: You know, that's a great question. I don't know about anything about his past beforehand. Mm. He, on, his Wiki, on his Wikipedia, he did mention something that, that calls back to something we were talking about the other day, which was um, um, the feeling of, like, the pull of the void. Mm. Um, he, he had mentioned something around um, when he was, like, a teenager. I think he was, like, 16, 17. Um, he had this sudden urge to, like, just jump into freezing cold um, canal water um in amsterdam like you know in, in the canals there or whatever and like he just jumped in for no reason no training no practice or nothing like that just jumped right in mm. and um maybe that kick-started his like ex- experience into this world i don't, I don't know
1: he, he was so numb that he wanted to feel something so <laughs> he starts jumping into cold water <laughs> which is probably what he, is. he probably, i mean probably after the wife died like i mean who knows like we'll have to research him and what he did prior maybe it was just an accounting but maybe the wife died and he had like a Forrest Gump response and he just said, you know, I'm just going to start running and then the, the whole the de- endurance thing. But it's strange because the video you sent me was cold. Like, is, is there like a huge like fathom over this man, like more so than other people? Or is it just the fact that oh. like, four people have died and and now are people like looking into his techniques and practices and asking whether or not they're even like a good thing to do?
0: Yeah, dude. So he has a, he has a huge following and he has for a while now, I believe. And I actually know like three or four people who actually like, like subscribe to his, uh, his like methodology or whatever. Um, And he's interesting because like, he's one of those like cult leaders who... Is willing to go against science, not go against science, uh, work with science to prove that he is right or that what he what he believes is right, mm-hmm. um, which I think is interesting. Like he's not trying to bat off people. Like um, there's like a whole book written about it, and there's like this scientific um, investigative journalist who like did uh, did a, did the book about him, but also did like some research with him or whatever. And um, I don't know, it's, it's it's very interesting, man, that he's like so confident about it that um, he pushes it forward. I do I do kind of see some truth in it because like when I was chatting with my friend about it. Um, the thing that he had mentioned was like, um, your breathing, like your breathing techniques, right? Um, you, you like hyperventilating ca- creates like these, uh, creates testosterone and endorphins to like, kind of, um, boost your heart rate up. And like, in turn that also like, um, makes your blood rush and, and pushes your immunity up too. So like you have this like immuno response, like to yourself, cause it, it, mm-hmm. you kind of trick your body into thinking that you're fighting something, even if you aren't fighting something, but, like, it's, you know, it goes into, like, this, like, overdrive mode to, like, fight this thing or whatever. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I can, see, I can see how it works for sure, but I don't know about everything that he does. I mean, sure. the pr- the, yeah, the proof is in the pudding, too. Like, four people died trying to do what he did, you know, so.
1: No, I, I totally believe that. And, uh, yeah, I don't doubt that, you know, practicing better, better breathing benefits you somehow. Do you, let me ask you, do you snore at night when you sleep? Are you a snorer?
0: Oh man, this is a great question because I I had, I had to deal with this on my trip this last week. Um, so I snore whenever I drink and or smoke. Oh, really? and then I go to bed. Yeah, yeah.
1: What's it called when you snore at night? Is you have uh, sleep
0: apnea? Uh, yeah, sleep apnea. Okay. Yeah.
1: So is that something you have on the regular? Or is that something that only when you drink and and, and smoke?
0: I think it's mainly those two times or if I'm like super tired, um, mm-hmm. but those are probably like the, the two main times. Um, one of one of my colleagues, he uh, is a huge snorer. He's probably going to listen to this, but dude, he, when he, when, so we shared a hotel room, right? I was sleeping on the couch. He was sleeping like on the cot and um, he, uh, he started snoring and he sleeps like this like one two three out right and then he just goes immediately in the snoring and and you know i was watching tv kind of like you know trying to fall asleep i was falling asleep after he did i i swear i'd i'd felt his soul leave his body four times and Mm -hmm. re-enter it back (laughs) and it sounded like in and out
1: of sleep is that what you're saying
0: no 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 like when he was snoring it was like oh and like dude it built up and then it was like and then it was like silence and then it came back in boom it, it, it's kind of like it almost felt like like 3d astral projection where you like you know your soul just leaves your body just cut, like goes into the sky and just comes right back down into it sure. And but it's it's crazy it's like his level of snoring is is ridiculous but mm. he's able to sleep through it i mean from what it seems like he's able to sleep through the sound and the noise and and uh, it's crazy oh oh this is interesting fact um so we were actually chatting about this with another friend of ours who stopped by, and also he also stayed the night at the hotel uh, just to crash. And uh, he had mentioned that this girl that he knew, her dad, right, had was going through a divorce, um, but he, he's a happy-go-lucky guy, you know, great career, great life, all that stuff, except, you know, the, the divorce thing or whatever. Um, he started getting depression, and he didn't know why he was so depressed. Like, he was, like, you know, just not himself. Eating habits were off. Like, things were just changing for him, Right. Um, he went and he, he also was a big snore and started having like a lot of, you know, sleep apnea. He went and did a, a sleep study, um, at this doctor's office or whoever, like, you know, specialize in this and they just kind of watch you while you sleep overnight. Um, and, uh, they discovered that there was, there was a lack of oxygen going into his body and it was, it was trigger His body was triggering, um, like this oxygen deprivation was like triggering like his body chemistry and was producing essentially like this. Uh, depression for him. Like the, yeah. it was causing depression in his body. And um when yeah, dude. And whenever he uh he got on the machine or whatever it was that like that helped you know helped him um not snore or whatever, he completely changed back to like the person he was before.
1: Yeah, no, and that's and that's the reason why I bring it up because I think I have sleep apnea and I think I have it on the regular. Though I don't think I'm a huge snore, I at least I, I don't know, but uh well I don't think I'm that intense. Uh I have a deviated septum. So on, it's, I think the left nostril is the one I can breathe through, and then the right one is kind of shitty. And, or I think mm. like it switches, because it, it's not mucus, it's not blockage. Like, I know there's one, yeah, I don't know, I can't tell right now. <laughs> but uh, there's one that is not working uh, that well. And I've always wondered if it's because I'm somebody who, I don't feel fatigued all the time, but there's always a sense of tiredness. Like, sometimes I feel too tired for a 26-year-old. And so, and, mm. and my diet is decent, you know, I, I take, you know, multivitamins, probiotics, you know, you name it, like, I'm not, you know, lacking in some type of mineral or vitamin and my food's all right. Uh, but I sometimes I think it's my sleep and I've always wondered if like getting one of those sleep apnea machines uh, would be beneficial to me. The only downside though is like, man, once you're married or your girlfriend, how lame is it to like connect yourself to a machine right before bed? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's not sexy. They need to make it more portable. They need to make it look sleek or something. It can't be like, yo, hey, baby. You know what I mean? You can't get, like, (laughs) while you're plugged in, like (laughs) an elephant. You know what I mean? Like, I need this trunk trunk to breathe. Like, you ain't going to fertilize anybody's eggs with that thing on your face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so true. It it really is very unsexy. But I also think in the future, we probably are going to be just plugged into machines whenever we go to bed sure like, a video yeah, game, like the matrix or something i can already see that coming. well
1: there's already apps to monitor your like your sleep schedule and things mm. of that nature and and have you see have you seen the uh the commercial uh for the amazon halo uh, that, uh so that thing is supposed to monitor your sleep a little bit more and by the way i'm sorry despite its benefits that thing is creepy as hell and if someone has it i encourage you to look in the mirror Drop some acid and self-reflect as to why you're allowing a company to monitor you with such intensity and mm. in detail. All right, that's all I'm saying. It's not normal. It should be normal. All right, that's all I have to say about that.
0: No, no, it's it's good. It's good because <laughs> I, I have I, I have something to say too. So, me and my girlfriend got into an argument. Right, so she you brought she's up the echo, Amazon
1: Amazon. didn't you? You brought it up. Right? Yes, Thanks. yes, dude. Yes,
0: I. <laughs> I did. I did. I brought up the echo. I brought up the cameras. So she, okay. So she's a big Amazon shop or whatever. There's a deal going on where you get the echo and you get a camera too. And then we also had another camera where she was monitoring the puppy. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, she, so we had two cameras in the home and then two smart homes. And then also like I was on like, uh, I'm on find my friends, you know, find my friends app, like oh, on, nice uh, um, well
1: I of your blood. If you got all that. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Exactly. I told her, I said, hey, babe, like you're like China right now. Like you're, you're literally monitoring every single because I work from home, right? I don't leave. I don't leave here. So it's like, I was like, you're you're watching the dog, quote unquote. But like, hey, I'm in the I'm in the screens too. Amazon knows what I'm listening to when I'm eating, when I get up, when I sleep, when I go poop. Like, I was like, this is too much. I was like, and we but basically we talked about it. And I think she understood. And now we don't have the cameras anymore. We have one camera. And uh, I still have my Google Home.
1: Okay, well yeah man i i hate it and and these people don't think twice about putting some of these things in their home and like my dad he has uh that that uh that um what's it is it a ring the one that has the camera for your doorbell thing whatever so that when someone walks by in front of your front door you sense them and uh mm. I, I i i i grasp the, the 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 benefit which is you know your packages or you you know you're worried about who may be outside or whatever the downside is the con is that these people know when you enter and leave your home and who leaves and enters your home like i don't doubt that if you give it another 5 more years some of these devices will be able to do like facial recognition of the people that come to your home and like with that level of information like i don't know, man i mean maybe right now we're in transition so all we see is the benefits but fast forward man into a couple more years we're gonna all going to look back and be like, oh, oh, that's why people wrote 1984. Well, oh, that's why people wrote this. And it's all going to click to us that we allowed these things to invade our homes for the sake of just like, hey, Google, give me the recipe for an enchilada. And that and that was our downfall. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate, man, because I don't know. People just they line up for some of these things. I don't know. I just don't like it. Mm. And the halo thing, Absolutely. whatever, is creepy because it's it's really pushing for the for your health, and and the way it wants you to like record your BMI because the commercial is like, you know, weighing yourself is not the best you know way to figure out whether your health is good or not. It's so it it encourages you to take a photo of yourself as if you were being scanned by the metal detector at customs in the airport, and I'm like, what? And they, and they make it look so cool in an in in infographic and this animated girl with her dog. And they make it look all pretty and cute. And it's like the darkest thing in the world. It is literally the darkest thing in the world. And all just to to measure your fat ass. Anyways,
0: wow. um, I, let, me, let me tell you something about, about something that happened to me. And I, re- I regret ever doing this. And I feel so like I went against all my morals and values when I did this. So there's this company called Clear. I don't know if you've ever seen them, they're in the airports. Damn. um, so uh, how they get you is right they're are a kiosk right next to um t s a like before you go in, uh-huh. and um what clear does is like it allows you to um skip the line and get inside the airport quicker, right? Oh, yes, uh, I have seen this I have seen oh this. bro, yes, so they and the way you sign up or like the way you use them, you go up to the machine, right so uh, let me tell you the whole story though. so I was sitting there at LaGuardia airport i was I was wanted to go home. It was stuffy. I was sick. I was like, I just want to go home. Like, I don't care. I just got to get out of here, right? This line can't move any quicker. I looked over, saw the kiosk. The kiosk had the bright, beautiful sign that was like, uh, sign up for clear, skip the line or whatever the, the slogan was. And I was like, you know what? I'm in. I go over there, start using the machine. It asked for my ID, asked for my airport. Or oh, sorry, my my uh, my passport. Um, I put my uh, asked for my biometrics. I started putting my fingers on it, like kind of like I was like being arrested or something like that. I Had to put my eye to the to the to the camera. Took both pictures of my eyes. No. Took a picture of me, dude. It went the full nine yards, and I sat there and I was like, "There's a point where I was like, I shouldn't be doing this." But then I was like, "I'm am too deep into this that like, and I just want to go home. That I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it for whatever reason." And I did it. Walked in, dude. Dude, my life is over.
1: Dude, and, and 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 let me point this out. You're somebody who is in the tech industry, so you, you know you're not ignorant to how some of this data can be used against you. And I'm going beyond just you know mark, you know marketing. You know, uh, it goes beyond like they could, you know, put you in your own echo chamber and, and and really plant the stuff that that they feed you as far as like to shape your opinions and all these other things, right? And that's you already and 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 i hate to say it, but you gave in right due to convenience and that's you who is aware of this industry think about other people who are don't really get it still despite all the you know cambridge analytica shit there's a lot of people and the majority of people still don't get it and these people line up for things like that and man that's one of the things that scares me man and and i hate to jump into it but i'm going to use a bridge and it's not on the list but um this whole health thing with covid like i understand that, yes, we, we want to stay healthy, yada, yada, yada. But, dude, once you start talking about, like, contact tracers showing up at home and, and like, they're really, like, selling you on the idea of martial law guised under, like, medical, like, protocol or safety protocol. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean martial law was just, like, you know, black people in suits and bats walking around the street. I mean, in, in, in the non-militarized way where we're being tagged and branded like animals. And uh, mm. it's just creepy how you, we look back into 9-11, and the thing that put fear in us was terrorists. And what did we do? We didn't say anything against the Patriot Act. We were totally okay with more security at the airport. We were totally okay, okay for a unjustified war in the Middle East. Now the terrorist, and I've said this before, is COVID-19. And to the benefit of the globalists, and I hate to sound like that because a lot of people don't like that kind of speech, but it, it, they made COVID-19 the ongoing invisible terrorist that they can bring up at, 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 at the whim of a finger if they want to instill some fear. Like, who's to deny them that there is another breakout or another second, third, fourth, fifth wave? And that was a worry with me with Biden, was the fact that this could go on for, like, for years if they wanted to, you know?
0: Mm. And oh, yeah, Absolutely. And that's my uh, worry.
1: And that's my worry. And the and the task force thing is creepy and it's eerie, and people don't seem to like see that. And I'm not saying don't do good protocols, but we really shouldn't just like, I don't know. Anyway, continue. Just mm. go, don't know I'm just go jump. We're gonna say.
0: Um, I was going to ask you contact tracers. Is that uh, contact tracers? Is that the task force that shows up at your home to to yes. well, see if you have it? There's there's
1: yes. So I I believe from what I've read, it's it's a mixture of apps, and I know uh, Apple was already kind of doing this, and 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 they had like a beta version of it where you were able to know if someone who's been uh who had COVID was near you. Uh, And I forgot through what app it was using. And it wasn't through an app. It was already through some of the geo uh, info that uh, Apple already uses on your iPhone. Uh, And uh, they were letting you know if you were willing to give that information, if you wanted to turn it on, Mm. you'd be able to let them know that you had COVID and also let you know if there's somebody in your radius who've had COVID in the recent weeks or, or days so you could avoid them and i'm just all oh, like, right Man, that's that's creepy like wait until Korea did this wait until like 10 years where it's like warning warning a, a a racist bigot homophobic is near you like like who's to i don't know you know what i mean like i like i just i could imagine how this could expand further away from just medical and like box you in from avoiding people so that they, they so that they don't come in and like burst your bubble with data that would go against the status quo that wouldn't benefit the people in power you know? Oh, I, and, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're already doing that to us online with what they feed us. You go to Google and I don't doubt that the things that are showing up on the front page or Google are not only what you're looking for, but it's also specifically tailored for your political uh, views to keep you more biased in order to rad- radicalize you even more because, you know, having mm-hmm. everybody in echo chambers and divisive is, is, is a lot beneficial if you want to, you know, bring about control for like, quickly pushed and like pushed, uh, um, legislation or whatever. Anyways, I'm rambling and ranting, but I I just, I I hope whoever's listening that, that the scientists and, and they're all bought, man. They're all bought. All of them are (laughs) bought. That's the truth, man. I'm sorry. They're all bought. All these like independent studies is bullshit. It's all bullshit. Don't think every industry on planet earth is compromised. Why do you think, why then would you give them the benefit of the doubt that the medical industry has not been compromised? Dude, the insurance Mm -hmm. companies are paying 10 grand for every COVID death. They want you dead. That's the the straight of fucking truth. It doesn't benefit them for Mm -hmm. you to be any better. And it benefits them for you to die so that the numbers go higher. So that they can make it seem like, holy shit, this thing is like the bubonic plague. Run and hide your kids. And yes, we should be precautious. But man, I, I know people who've been quarantining still. And like, they haven't been into a party since like eight months. And I'm like, dude, they got mm-hmm. you. They straight up got you. Anyways. I got sweaty.
0: I got sweaty. No, no, I love it. I love it. I, I feel the emotion. I feel the passion about it. Yeah. Like, okay. So, from, from my perspective, like, I believe, I personally believe in the legitimacy of, of the disease or of the, of the virus.
1: And I do too. And, just to clarify, I believe and, it's real. That's all.
0: Uh, and, and like, I, th- I I do agree with you that like, in crisis, there are always bad actors that will use that moment or use that tool as a weapon to advance their uh, agenda, right? That always happens throughout history. That happens in business, that happens in sports, that happens in literally everything, right? Like, if there's a crisis happening, somebody's somebody who's on the opposite side who can win from this, there's a likelihood that they're going to take advantage of it. And what falls in line with that is like, politics, yes pharmaceutical companies who are like, let's say, um, I don't know who, who all the pharmaceutical companies that are, that are testing right now, Pfizer or whatever it is, but like, let's say one of these guys are like borderline bankruptcy, right? Like, of course they're going to take advantage of this opportunity to like advance their agenda, however they can to survive and keep their business going, you know, and keep their wealth around. Right. Sure. Like that's always, that's always going to happen. So I, I definitely believe in that. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that kind of trips me up though, is the collusion, or like the collaborativeness of like this, like you know, dark darkness thing happening, you know, ulterior motive thing happening in the background. It's kind of like you know, Illuminati or whatever. Like, sure. I, do you think, do you think everybody is collectively working together, like sure. to do something like this, or do you think it's like a bunch of individual actors who are you know who are doing it?
1: All right, all right. This is what I'm gonna say, uh, and it's gonna make me sound like I'm crazy, but it isn't crazy because it's stuff. You see, we're still in, in the 2002 or like, or like middle 90s mindset of Illuminati. And sure, I don't doubt that that group exists, but we're, we're, we're focusing on like, like like we're too focused on that when we're not looking at the obvious. Like, okay, one thing I mentioned not too long ago, and I, and I put it up on my story on Instagram, but um, people were glorifying, you know, Biden and all these things. And I'm like, you know, you're trading one tyrant for another. And there's an ignorance in the celebration that I've been seeing lately. And, you know, I was called out for it. But I said, look, and and to answer your question, uh, just recently, uh, like a few months ago, like maybe three, four, five months ago, uh, the Economic Forum held a presentation about the Great Reset. And if you look at the people who are sitting in the chairs, dude, it is everybody from every form of industry, aviation, pharmaceutical transportation military and we're talking about the heads of heads and I'm not just talking about heads of the West I'm talking about heads from the European Union and they are speaking about their goal is to enact the Great Reset which would be a 10-year plan so that by 2030 and I quote straight out of the presentation you will own nothing and you will be happy and they're trying to completely and and, and and if you read if you look at the video and I encourage you guys to look at the YouTube video of the economic forum about the Great Reset. And it's going to be sold to you as this great, you know, revitalize the nation and the country and not just the nation, but the world, because COVID has now uh, shown to us our weaknesses in our society. And so now it's time to enact the fourth industrial revolution. Dude, that's that sounds great because it says, well, yeah, we do have climate change. We do have a couple of things. Maybe there is uh, there is uh, income inequality and we do need to do things about it. And yes, we all agree about that. But the manner in which they're trying to make it happen, it is, and I hate to say communism, because it doesn't look like that. But it is going to be a form of social control. And it is going to mm. be a, a, a technocratic dystopia where you are being uh, scanned and observed. And their their model is that you won't own nothing so that they want people to rent everything. The money you earn, you have to spend it by the end of the month. Uh, there's no longer a concept of saving. Uh, As far as like private property, they want to get rid of that. Uh, What else did they want to do? And if you look at the graph, and I'm talking like people like Rockefeller people. And these people donate to like John Hopkins, the medical industries. Like the Rockefellers basically created modern day medicine. Not in the medicine that you're being given, but the infrastructure of the modern day medical industry. And dude, I'm not saying everybody's in the meetings. I'm just saying that the people who matter at the very top are of the same mindset because they don't see yeah. us as humans these people are so detached from reality like and and this is a quote that i remember and but i, I may be incorrect but i believe one of the founders of the plant parenthood and i don't know if it was gates bill gates's father who was a part of the early formations of plant parenthood but i but but this quote does exist i just I can't recall who exactly but the quote goes These uh, these uh, people, these individuals breed irresponsibly like they don't see us as equals. They see us as a herd of animals who are uh, sucking the resources of this earth. And I think they really this time around want to, I don't know, somehow not kill us all in like in in the sense where they're coming to our homes and putting a bullet to our head. But they're wanting to change society uh, to serve them in, in a very scary way. And maybe I didn't say anything, I'm just saying that what we fear about the Illuminati isn't, we shouldn't be looking for the, oh, Illuminati, you know, come on in. No, it's the economic forum, it's the EU, it's the WHO, it's all these uh, institutions who seem that they're there for our benefit, but the truth is they're not. Because we're not the ones that donate, we're not the ones that run it, and we're not the ones that are connected to. And it's these people who've been in power for so long, and they have an agenda, and Joe Biden was front row and center for this forum. And if you look at the infographics, dude, it's eerie. If you have a cynical mind and you, and you know about the state of the fallen heart and you read books like 1984 or uh, The uh, Brave New World and you look at what they're showing to you, on the surface level, looks great. But you think about how shitty we humans can get. Dude, it's a perfect basis for a new world order where we don't have our individualism anymore and we're stripped away from it all. And uh, I wish I had more details with a lot more uh, evidence in it to back it up. Like, check this article, check that. And I don't say this lightly without me knowing that that stuff does exist. I just don't have it in front of me for the sake of the listener. So just think I'm just ranting. But I do encourage you to look at these things. And because whether I'm wrong or not, it is worth uh, taking note as to what exactly may be an alternative motive under these so-called beneficial plans for the world. And, uh, mm. I don't know. And it just so happens that these things are in line with COVID-19 and it almost makes it seem like COVID-19 was planned. So I don't really believe, and I'll say this out here in public, I don't believe the narrative that this thing just came out from a market. I don't think so. I think that was a narrative that was sold to us, but I do believe it was intentional because you have Bill Gates talking like a few months prior to COVID-19 and his, cho- his choice of language. Is very interesting, as if he knew that something was coming about, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at some of the stuff that Microsoft has been patenting, like they've been—this uh, is the last thing I'll end it, and we can move on. But they, <laughs> yeah. they, I know, man. I'm sorry. I get passionate about these no, things. No, no, no.
0: But no, I have uh, a couple things to say. But, but go ahead, yeah. Go
1: but ahead. Uh, I think in 2019, I believe, or 2018, or it may have just been a couple months ago. Anyways, at, at the very least, in the last two years. Microsoft patent a thing where it's kind of like the Fitbit, but uh, it's so basically it's a, it's a device that monitors your body. And what it, it's able to do is that you are sent tasks, and if you perform these tasks, you are deposited uh, money, basically like cryptocurrency. And, and that may be sound cool for like maybe new apps with new services where you deliver something for somebody and do groceries for somebody or whatever, and it comes and deposits some money for you, right? But if you think about like the, the 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 potential of that, where no one has bank accounts anymore, and we're all just performing tasks, and we're all deposited cryptocurrency or the digital do- dollar, and we're not allowed to save it, and by the end of the month we need to finish the, the 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 money that was given to us, and I don't know, man. There's a lot more I can say, but those things that are being patent are creepy, and. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't trust it, man. We can't even trust these motherfuckers with our Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. Do you think that we can trust them with a camera in our homes, with a Fitbit on our wrists? Like, we can't at all. And I would rather go back and ride a horse and go back to the campfire than to play around with the idea that the that the pros are going to outweigh the cons, honestly. Mm. Because I think the cons mm. will eventually outweigh uh, the pros. And yes, convenience may be there. But, man, we're going to look back and be like, shit, I really do miss 2003.
0: Yeah. So two two things I want to... Uh maybe three things let me try to collect, collect my thoughts but okay well first thing i want to say so we don't get banned from spotify and, and apple oh, yeah please. everybody everybody do your research we don't have all the facts we're not pro- yes. we're not professionals at That's all true. we're we're also researchers just like you and listeners just like you consuming information but validate it with research and talk to people who, who know stuff and you know widen your opinion widen your knowledge about the space before I you uh before you, uh, move forward with, uh, something that you really believe in or believe is true. (laughs) Yes, Spotify, master Spotify. Um, okay. So, so two things I think, okay. I I haven't got a chance to to look at the world, the great reset thing that, that you mentioned I had, dude, I had it on my tab for a long time. I, I just need to look at it. Um, one thing about that, that struck me is like, like there's we're at an inflection point where like a lot of things can go really bad, really wrong. You know, um, climate change is one thing, but also like, like we're in late stage capitalism. We're at a we're at a state where like things specifically technology and and progress is like happening at a pace, unforeseen information gathering, collecting and in, in in consumption is at a pace that's like unforeseen as well too. Um, and it's scary, right? And when things get scary and everybody freaks out and you don't have everybody in line, things get even worse. So sometimes when I look at, like, um, these plans and these ideologies where, like, you know, it can be misconstrued as, like, communist or socialist or whatever it is, um, but it, it, sometimes it's, like, an, a necessary thing to get people in line to act quicker together, if that makes sense. It's kind of like whenever the building's on fire, right? You don't... Yeah. the when the policy is like you don't just freak out and everybody everybody go crazy in the office and like you know run down the stairs as fast as you can or whatever you file up, you go in line and you go down the stairs together, you know and like that's the best way that people live or survive through the thing right so that's kind of my 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 take on that side but i I do need to like look into it some more and and see where you know where they're trying to what they're trying to say about it um The thing about Bill Gates is interesting because. I've talked to actually like a couple of friends about this, a bunch of Bill Gates haters. I'm also not like a, I would say like a huge fan of Bill Gates. I love, I do like Microsoft and what he's achieved with Microsoft. But yeah. the thing I'll say about like tech companies specifically is like, they produce patents all the time. Um, and it could be for no reason too as well. Like uh, I follow this newsletter called uh, uh, Patent Drop or something like that. And like every week it'll it'll send me like, you know, like two or three uh, bits about oh disney just ha- filed you know xyz patent um you know tesla or oculus just filed xyz patents sometimes these companies do this as like a uh, competitive like, you know competitive sure. like, advantage to, to set them up like even if like let's say for example microsoft's like you know what somebody in the office is like um maybe in the future if we have this like plasma gun that allows not plasma but like a teleportation gun that can like allow you to do this thing right like better like for technology like for you know phone services or internet or something like that they'll you know they'll patent that you know even if it's ridiculous they'll patent it with the hope that maybe one day it, it strikes a chord maybe some you know a, a derivative idea of it can become something and then it, it's profitable for them but then at the same time when you're like teleportation gun yo you could use that for war you could use that sure. for you know kidnapping people and stuff so,
1: and but that's what i'm saying that's what I'm- but the thing is mm-hmm. it's already in your deck of cards and that alone is like well that's worries like that it's already a, it's already a long your list of options, just depending on whether or not it becomes relevant. And that's the thing. It's, it's already in your deck of cards. And so, but I understand what you're saying, that it is competitive and, and some of these things will never see the light of day. Um, But uh, it is, it is something to keep aware of, like some of the negatives of some of these things that do get patent. And you have to wonder, well, what's their mindset behind some of these being patent? And mm. you know, they could be good, totally. things, but you know, they could be bad things. And all, and all I will say about the things that you said prior, I, I don't disagree. There's a form of organization that is needed to combat something, especially like you're trying to leave the you know the building that's on fire. So there is some form of order and someone needs to lead in, in, in perhaps a rigid sense to get everybody in line to get out of there. Um, all I will say is that though, I don't disagree, but I go back to 9-11 because it's a perfect example. The Patriot Act was never removed and the TSA never left and Homeland Security never left. That's the thing. The things that get enacted in order to help us and save us in that five, 10 minutes of getting out of the building, don't leave. It doesn't say, oh, well, now that we've we've amassed more power due to the circumstances, we're going to relinquish the things that we've just come to control now. Like that never happens. It's like, well, now that we have that in our arsenal of of a weapon over society, we're not going to keep it. We may not use it, but we're going to keep it now, now that we're here already. Because who are you to change the way we govern the world? Like that's the thing, man. Mm. The Patriot Act was negative, and yet no one said anything once it was over. Now people who know what's up are like, "Oh, well, that's if it wasn't for the Patriot Act, you wouldn't have Edward Snowden, you wouldn't have the TSA spying on the the American public, you know." And that's the thing; it was mm. there to combat terrorism, and now it's there to listen to you know whatever, you know. And that's the mm. thing; I don't trust them to relinquish their power that was gained you know, afterwards. So yes, maybe we fight climate change, but now we're all wearing gray suits. And every time you go into HUB, you're the iris of being scanned. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I'm talking about the moment is good. I'm talking about, okay, how about after it's all over? You know, what happens then? Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways. Okay. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, do you think social media should be public good. Like should should the should it be a company anymore, or should it be a part of the government, or like a just like a thing that the world or the people own?
1: Um, I don't know. I think it should be like Fight Club, where you try to des- destroy the building.
0: Um,
1: no, I don't <laughs> know, man. Look, I suppose a part of me says no and yes, but since I don't think there's going to be anything else like social media, not anytime soon, I feel like they somehow came across the new electricity or the new water right and because of that i think maybe in a way it would benefit there there being like a governing body tied to the government right in order to facilitate whatever uh but then a part of me says well well could do, we, do are we now saying that private enterprises if they reach a level that is too big are they now subjugated to like submit themselves under a a governing body and but i don't think many companies qualify there you know there's a lot of companies mm. out there that are big big but i don't think they're providing that large of a service to be able to like you know uh be public run uh especially mm. because i don't know not everybody's dealing with communication right and so i feel i don't know i w- i think i would lean towards yes I would think it. I think mm. I would lean towards yes in the same way that I think internet should be a a public thing as well. You know, at least mm. either free or or provided somehow. I don't know. Um, so I don't know. I'm on the fence. I don't think I don't have a super strong opinion. But um, it is an interesting yeah. moment where they've gotten so big that it's time to, you know, bow down to Uncle Sam.
0: Def definitely, yeah. I- I'm kind of in the. In the boat of if enough people in the world use this thing and this thing is so crucial to life itself, then it should it should in a way be owned by the people itself. I'm not saying it should be owned by the government and the government then gives it back to the people at all. I think the people should own themselves like, yeah, um, and it's a hard thing to do and it's hard thing to kind of fathom on the how to do that. I mean, crypto you know, decentralization is a, is a thing. Blockchain is a thing that they always talk about sure. potentially, but, but yeah, but l- l- let me, let me segue into something else that I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, kind of related. What we're talking about, so I, I read this um, article about long living institutions and um, it's about like um, just, I I think the article specifically talked about like companies and um buildings and um sometimes even ideologies too as well uh, but the main thing they're I think speaking about at the beginning of the article is like around companies and everything but um they said that 50% in the article it said 56% of companies over 200 years years old are in Japan and and of those like companies I want to say like the uh, of those companies like in Japan um over like 200 of them or something like that are specifically focused on alcohol Mm -hmm. and, and like, and then from there it's like, then it's like hotels, food, pharmaceuticals, universities, and then like financial. But like, I think the, the, what the paper was trying to say was basically about about like, how do you create this institution and how how do you make it last like through time? And uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I, it, it's
1: interesting that the that Japanese are really able to do that, and it's the Germans, right? It's the Japanese, the Germans, um, and it goes, and there's, like, two other countries, right? forgot the last two, but it's strange that the Japanese hold, like, the most out of it, and I don't know. I wish I knew a little bit more. I, perhaps the culture. I mean, I know Tokyo is a very clean place, so there's probably some kind of, like, I don't know some kind of organizational mindset that's like deeply rooted into the culture that somehow allows for that. Plus it is sake mm-hmm. and, and alcohol that usually, um, stays <laughs> with. I don't know, maybe there's something to the fact that it, it, it's that, that they're providing too. You know what I mean? Uh, we've been getting drunk yeah, yep. longer than we've been using most services. So it makes sense that that's always going to be needed, but it is interesting that they yeah. survive.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember one thing that they had said that was interesting that, that struck with me was like um, uh, that I think the author kind of theorized it, but in Japan there's like this ancient religion called Shinto,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um, in Shinto um, you believe that everything, whether it's inanimate or animate, um, it has like a spirit sure. to it. Like you know your key, your phone, whatever a rock, you know, um, there's a there's a certain spirit that that exists for that for that thing. Um, thus meaning they, pl- they place value on this item. They're willing to, um, grow it, you know what I mean? Leverage it and like respect it. And I think that probably fi- like, you know, like it has some type of intersection point with why these things last longer or why the Japanese people, whoever, you know, push these up, want it to last longer, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the article, uh, was interesting too. And, um, it also mentioned that trying to plan for long-term wasn't always the best strategy. Right? Is that how I understood it? Uh,
0: yes, that's that's very true. And
1: uh, how did you how did you read that? In the sense that by having more short term goals, you're more in tune with the demands of the world, and therefore you're able to pivot more accordingly. Because if you have a long term strategy, you're more likely, to, like you're, you're you're more reluctant, less reluctant to pivot or adapt mm-hmm. based on the long term strategy you've, you've already claimed. Uh, that's what that's how I'm thinking about it. But I don't know. Maybe you have something
0: else. Yeah. No, exactly. That's kind of how I feel about it too. It's kind of like, it goes back to the old saying of like living in the moment. You know, if you think too far into the future, you lose the, you, you lose the right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of how I feel about it too. And like, you know, I, I would, I would argue that that's like, you have to be adaptable and you have to be aware of what's going on now. Cause if you think, you know, if you think 300 years into the future, like nobody really knows what's going on there. And if, and if you're preparing for that, like you may never even reach that at all in sure. the first place. Sure
1: yeah and 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 uh to bridge this uh into the next last topic uh (laughs) the 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 longest living institution has been the gender fluidity in roman times (laughs) um which was a a uh uh, that topic was a request by one of our viewers (laughs) yes yes it was uh inspired by one of our viewers for sure um uh you know who you are (laughs) <laughs> uh let's see no uh for the quick like minute or two tell me about that
0: give me what you yeah. about that okay so i i'm a big fan of i was a big fan of spartacus i don't know if you've seen the show and um it's like uh about uh i think ancient rome i believe hopefully i'm right fingers crossed but ancient rome like a bunch of gladiators and things like that and i'd gotten curious about it and read into it you know just the history as well too but like um had learned that in in ancient Rome it's a very uh it's a society that's very uh, sexually open um, it also is very like patriarchal uh, they also look down on people who are you know women trans but at the same time you know prostitution um having like pedophilic feelings for you know teenagers and Uh, homosexuality and heterosexuality wasn't even like a thing like those two those two concepts there's not even latin words for heterosexual and homosexual in Mm -hmm. uh in latin or in ancient rome and then to me it was just like interesting like to for for all of this to be so open and free sexually but at the same time um not understanding relatively to a degree for you know for women and and or for trans uh trans people so
1: Mm
0: i was just kind of curious like man i wonder what it was like to be there back then and like what was what sexuality is like because I, in my mind, I've always thought of sexuality as being very um, closely tied to gender, but there's a difference, right? Like mm-hmm. in what, because um, gender is like your, you know, your—I don't know what you even call it. Your your genitalia is like kind of like a uh, traditionally is what defined what you know what yeah. you are, or whatever the your ability you're to produce. Yeah. yeah, exactly the, t- the team you're in. Yeah, and um, but then like. But then like in, I don't know, to me, it's kind of like trying to bridge the gap of like, okay, can a a society be very sexual, be very open in that degree? And does that mean that you're gender fluid if you're that sexually open? I, I don't know.
1: Look, man, here's the thing. When I view all of that stuff, I view what's going on now and I view what's going on in the past. It's like you can call it what you want, but what it really is is that you're just horny and you just want to dip your toe in every pool. You know, and you can call it a freedom of expression. You can call it that this is really you. It could be you name it, however you want to, you know, philosophize it, whatever. The truth is, is you want a taste of all the flavors and you don't want anybody to tell you no. And so Mm. you build rhetoric behind it to whatever, depending on your culture, your times, the beliefs, the ethics of that society. But the truth is you want to fuck and you want no one to tell you no. And that's just the truth. And I don't, and like, maybe that's simplifying it very much to like a primitive level, but I I, I think in a way it is true, you know, and, um, but then, you know, people do tie in their individualism and, and all these things to sexual life. So for them, it's, it's more than just partaking in, in an orgasmic feeling with another. It's about something more spiritual for some other people. So uh, for, for those, I, I don't know what to say. Um, you just seem to be better in tuned with your genitalia and and perhaps you're better for it. Um, but you're more at a higher risk for STDs. So I don't know. Pros and cons, man. Like everything, (laughs) pros and cons. Um,
0: (laughs) uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's just amazing. Also, I read a fact about how I think I might have mentioned in the last podcast how Gen Z is very gender fluid. Yeah, and I actually think it's kind of cool, even if even if it does come off as like hedonistic in a way, sure. you know, where or or whatever. But it's
1: because it, I, I, I appreciate it. It's trendy to be bi, man. That's that's all what the last two years have been, or whatever, five years or the last year. It's just trendy to be bi, and like, I, and I and I and I and sorry to interrupt, but I hear this all the time. It's like. Well, have you ever dated a guy or, have, you know, if it's a guy or have you ever dated a girl? If it's a girl, was like, well, no, I just sometimes think these people are pretty when I'm at Target. It's like, that is like, yes. Okay, sure. Perhaps that's enough. I'm sure the left would tell you that that's enough to be labeled by. But I, I need to hear that you're going on dates, that you're really searching into the other gender. But if you're just going around Target and finding people attractive, then dude, I find Brad Pitt attractive, but I don't label myself as bisexual. You know what I mean? like but i feel like it, all these young people are trying to find any exu- excuse to be labeled just to like i don't know use the rainbow emoji more you know anyway mm, <laughs> mm. kind of like a badge of
0: rebellion rebelliousness, yeah, exactly. or, yeah. yeah. or difference. Yeah. okay exactly. yeah i can dig. i can dig that but i i'll i'll, I'll say a point to that because it kind of reminds me of myself like even if you it's like it's like kind of the dynamic of like fake it till you make it but then like you fake it till you make it, but then once you quote unquote make it, you start to change. You start to see things differently, right? It's kind of like a you, you get, you get, you see where I'm getting at? It's like right. um, they're maybe they're just lying to themselves. Maybe they're just, you know just doing it just for, for whatever reason, just to be different, but they're also getting an experience relatively out of it of like, you know, why am I doing this? I mean, at least the hope is right. Like, why am I doing this? And like, does this make sense? And it's like, you know, a moment of, of growth potentially.
1: Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. And I guess what I've noticed a lot, it seems, I don't want to say peer pressure, but it seems very social. Now I don't doubt that people are predisposed. You know, people have different levels of estrogen, testosterone, some people are a more feminine or non-feminine, whatever however you want to describe it. So, and I don't know. It's it's. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just. It seems like the bar is being so lowered so low just for everybody to cross it now, and that's one thing I don't like. I think before there was like, not that the rules were stricter to get into the club, but it seemed like there was a more defined thing. Now it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it just seems like they want everybody to be by now. And, uh, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I could say a lot of things, but then we definitely would be canceled. (laughs) Uh, Because Not that I'm against anything. I don't, I'm not actively discriminating on anybody. I just, I'm a lot more hesitant when it comes to our sexuality because I think our sexuality is tied to our spirituality. And if we're being all open with our sexuality that represents our spirituality, then are we somehow pouring ourselves on the spiritual level with anything that entices us that anything is that that is the forbidden fruit and anything that is forbidden fruit is going to release dopamine for you and give you a feeling of well-being. But is that, should that be the compass of what is right and wrong? And that's where I would leave it at. So anyways, Mm,
0: interesting. Um, Well, this is a lot. A lot. Learned a lot.
1: Learned of, well, this may be our last podcast tricks. after Spotify said <laughs> that we're like misinforming people about COVID. Uh, but uh, no, I kid you not. They scan these things. And the fact that we just had COVID-19, there's probably have, there's a Spotify individual analytic dude who has to go through it and has to be like, oh, God, I don't know. These guys are really on the fence, you know, and hopefully he has a good day.
0: Oh, I know. I, I, I already know. I already know. Um, <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer uh spotify or apple this is this is all a satire this, this is, is a satire. satire
1: we're not even real nothing none of this is real you're, the person who <laughs> even listened to this isn't real you're not real look in your mirror you think this is you driving the car it isn't uh anyways <laughs> we'll leave, we'll leave it at that <laughs> we'll leave it at that all right good 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 <laughs> <All right. laughs>